Jealousy in a moment happens when you perceive someone or something else as a threat to your relationship. Retroactive jealousy is different because you feel threatened by something or someone in your partner's past, but there's no current situation happening that's triggering that feeling. Today, I'm going to talk about the signs of retroactive jealousy, why you act this way, and my top five tips for making it stop. So come hang out with me. I'm Dr. Abby Medcalf, and I'm a practicing psychologist, number one Amazon best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and all-around relationship maven with over 35 years of experience helping people just like you. Join me as I teach you actionable tips and strategies to create connection, joy, and ease in all your relationships. So let's get to it. Welcome back to the podcast. So happy to have you here. And we got a good topic was sent in by someone from somewhere. I don't know if you DM me or emailed me or what, but somebody asked about this and I'm going to talk about it. Jealousy comes up a lot in relationships and I get a lot of questions about jealousy in general and I've done episodes on that before, but I loved this one because it was a little different, something else to bring you. So let's jump in. What is retroactive Jealousy, like you know, what what are we talking about? I said a little in the intro, but let me let let's let's get in there. Retroactive jealousy is a term that's used to identify that feeling you have when you feel threatened by your partner's past relationships or even past experiences like travel or friendships, jobs. We're going to be really focusing on romantic. Um, retroactive jealousy, but I want to be clear, and I'm actually going to give you an example I just thought of in a minute, that encompasses other kinds of how this retroactive jealousy can show up, so you're really clear. And my tips are the same no matter what, so um, no matter what you might be experiencing. So, and I have, like I said, talked about jealousy many times on the podcast. I'm going to link to all those in the show notes, as I always do. Come over to abbymedcalf.com. They'll all the resources, all the research, everything that I use, you know, I'm always about the research, will all be there if you don't believe me or if you want to go deeper yourself or if you're like crazy like me and love the research, you can have yourself a party. So, uh, but what, you know, what what are we really talking about with, with retroactive jealousy? And so, so I want to say the difference, I guess, more. Jealousy, again, itself, in a moment, happens when you again, perceive someone or something else as a threat to your relationship. So it could be anything from an old boyfriend contacting your partner to your partner liking a beautiful woman's posts on social media. You know, this kind of jealousy generally occurs around an actual event happening. You know, you just ran in, you just were out to eat with your partner and and you ran into his old girlfriend and he seemed to be just so excited to see her and was you felt like he was flirting with her maybe i don't know you know that it's like a thing happened it triggered it and here we go retroactive jealousy again it really differs because nothing has to happen in the moment instead you feel threatened by something or someone again in your partner's past but there's no current situation happening that's triggering this feeling And again, the tips I'm going to give today are good for jealousy or retroactive jealousy because, of course, they're so linked. But I do want to say what those sort of differences are, and I'll go a little deeper on that. So the example I was just thinking of, I have a client uh, who's been jealous 
and I'm going to even say a bit obsessed about her partner's relationship and life with his ex. Uh, it actually was a girlfriend. They were together for many years, though. And currently, her partner, they've been, my client's been with this partner maybe four years now. And currently, her partner's having, this man's having a lot of health issues. So they're not able to do many social or fun things. This has been going on about a year. He's working less than he used to. So they don't have as, as much money in the relationship as they used to enjoy, right? And they certainly don't have as much money as he enjoyed in his previous relationship with this other woman. And my client would come to session and just like lament about how, you know, oh, her partner and his ex, they used to travel and go on ski vacations. And they had this beautiful apartment downtown with these incredible water views. And, you know, she was really jealous of this past life he had with this other woman, even though, and I will, I kept asking, he hadn't seen this woman for years. And as a matter of fact, he had been broken up with her and had, like another relationship even in between um, this ex and my client. So, I mean, nothing to do with her, didn't follow her on social media. There were no knickknacks around the house, no pictures of her. I mean, nothing. Except, you know, when you talk about your ex, you know, your previous relationships with your partner, and of course she was asking questions, and she found out this information, and it really made her crazy. So I'm going to turn off my heat. You don't know this unless you're watching on YouTube. But uh, my heater was on. Sorry. Okay. And my sound person's going to get crazy that there was extra noise in the room. So with retroactive jealousy, you know, your partner, again, might not speak at all to their ex or even, again, follow them on social media. But you find yourself obsessing about this other person and comparing yourself to them. And somehow you feel like your partner misses or or values something, or again, someone from their past more than you. That's really at the base. And you know what I want to, and I'm going to, so I, let's talk about the signs of retroactive jealousy, but I do um, want to throw out there really quick that a thank you for all the beautiful reviews of the podcast uh, we've I've gotten recently. If you haven't left a review yet, or you haven't rated on Spotify, please do. It it not only really helps the podcast get seen, and you know we're looking for world domination here and for everyone to be happy and have good, <laughs> effective research-based tools that they're working on, but uh, it's also kind of wonderful to read. You know, I'm sitting here alone in my office, there's nobody around, and I do this, and it feels really, really good when I can hear what's changing in your life or what's happening. I get emails from you telling me, and it I read all of them eventually. Sometimes it takes me a minute because there's a lot of you, but I do read all of them myself. This doesn't go to an assistant, one of my assistants or anybody. I do this and it it helps me um, stay motivated. So just throwing it out there. We're in a relationship. Like I always say, relationships are uh, reciprocal. So I give to you, you give to me, and it's a beautiful thing. Um, And you don't even have to spend a penny if you don't want to, to give. So there you go. So let's talk about signs of retroactive jealousy. Are you retroactively jealous? Or again, or maybe just plain jealous because they're so linked. If you are, there are likely unhealthy behaviors that you're engaging in to, to relieve your anxiety from obsessively thinking about your partner and an ex, or again, it could be a past life of some kind. 
but there are a few important signals or you know signs to watch for that I want to identify. So one is obsessively looking at your partner's social media, you know, at, at their behaviors on social media. Who do they follow? Who do they like? What comments are they making? I mean, spending any amount of time doing that, big problem. Comparing yourself or your relationship to an ex or comparing yourself to an ex or your relationship to one they have with an ex-partner. Uh, the third thing would be questioning your partner about past relationships often. You know, you're always asking questions. You always want to know more about these past relationships. Past that first, you know, when we ask our partners about their histories and we get something. Um, I occasionally ask Gary a question about a past relationship before me because um, apparently he wasn't a virgin when he met me. But, um, <laughs> but I. I can't even I can't even remember actually I don't think it's pretty occasional. I think something will just pop up. I don't know and I'll but I'm not remotely feeling jealous when I ask those questions. I'm just I'm really curious like what something was at the time. And again, I can't even think of a past question, but uh I don't know, maybe once a year. I I don't think it's once a year. I don't know, but it it's not a common thing. So if you're questioning a lot about a past relationship and you have a lot of questions, then that's a thing. And again, in the beginning of our relationship, you know, mine with Gary, I did ask a lot of questions. I wanted to know. I wanted to figure out, you know, why'd you break up? You know, what did you like best about that person? What didn't work? You know, I, I definitely, you know, hey, you, you know me by now. I ask a lot of questions. But um, it was really to understand and really think about for myself, is this a person I want to be in a relationship with? Uh, for me, for example, it was very important to me that he had a great relationship with his ex-wife, you know, the, the mother of his children. I would not be okay for myself with someone who was uh, fighting or saying mean things about an ex. That would not be, nope, <laughs> nope. That would have been a hard stop right there. Um, for me, it, it's okay if you're in that and that's something you're okay with that there, there's no judgment here. I, I'm again just trying, but that's the reason I was asking questions. I wanted to get an idea of their relationship. I didn't want to walk into a relationship that was messy, um, and uh, that's why his ex-wife and I are, are very close. We text often. I really love her. We have a very good relationship, um, and so does he. You know, and there's no weirdness there, which is for me was important. Depends on you, and you're allowed to have whatever you think is important. The other sign that's really uh, a, a, a scary, a unhealthy sign is snooping through anything, <laughs> snooping through your partner's phone, their email, their social media, their drawers, their closets, photo albums, uh, souvenirs, looking for old love letters or cards or something. Uh, this, again, includes snooping by maybe asking questions to their family or friends with the intent of getting information about past relationships or uh, doing internet or social media searches of their ex. This is some really unhealthy crap. And I, I say a lot, if you're, I, I, you don't need to be in your partner's phone. And if you're at that point that you're so worried, um, if you're checking your, I, I have zero tolerance for checking your partner's phone. Like to me, if you have that little level of trust, then you need to be doing something else in this relationship to build trust. And you don't build trust by looking through their phone. You think you do, but you know why you don't? Because you'll keep asking to look. You you might go a little longer the next time before you ask again, but you'll keep asking because you need to build trust. I do. I have great, great 
episodes on building trust and honesty in a relationship, go focus on those. Do not focus on looking at their stuff. Uh, another unhealthy sign is making, you know, mean or sarcastic or rude comments about a partner's ex or their past relationship. Um, or, or doing the complete opposite and pointing out an ex's achievements or how attractive they are, you know, doing that all the time is a real problem. Uh, again, occasionally, I've, I've said Gary's ex-wife is beautiful because she is. Um, I think to him, I don't know if I've said it to him. I, you know, I've, I don't know. I think I've said it to her. Uh, but, you know, you, occasionally, yeah, it's right there. You're You're noticing, you're like, oh my gosh, you look so, you know, you look so beautiful or something. But you know, to sit around and chat about it or with your partner, you know, your ex is really beautiful, huh? Do you still think they're beautiful? You know, that kind of stuff. That's little, that's the different quality of that. So that's a really unhealthy sign. Um, oh, another unhealthy sign would be saying anything like, you wish you were still with so-and-so or you wish I was so-and-so, that kind of stuff. This, this, these are bad signs of this retroactive jealousy. Starting fights with your partner or trying to treat trick them into admitting they did something wrong or that they're thinking about this person, right? Um, any of that is a real problem. And, you know, true retroactive jealousy means that you're obsessively fixating on, fixated on your partner's past relationships or their, something in their past life. You likely want, you know, a constant reassurance from your partner, although it's never enough. And you can't stop your, stop yourself from thinking about their past with someone or behaving in some intrusive way. Again, being nosy, you know, in, in looking up things. You feel suspicious often, even though there's no real evidence of anything happening. This is all scary stuff. And before I go on, I want to say a thing about retroactive jealousy and obsessive compulsive disorder. Um, Retroactive jealousy is not a diagnose, diagnosable mental health condition. It is not in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, the, the DSM that psychologists and mental health care uh, workers uh, use to diagnose people. Okay, it's not in there. However, if you have really severe retroactive jealousy, it can mimic OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, which is a diagnosable mental health condition. So. Um, so I want, I really want you to look out for that because like OCD, retroactive jealousy can involve, um, compulsions, obsessive thoughts that the, the key is that those obsessive thoughts or compulsions end up interfering with your life and your ability to function. You might be distracted at work, uh, consistently or not, you know, not focusing on your child because you're on the computer looking up your partner's ex. If you're spending long hours picturing your partner with their ex or thinking of them having sex, it's a bigger problem. If thoughts become all-consuming like this, you got to get professional help, please. Don't use this video or anyone else's video. I get a lot of questions sometimes underneath even like a reel, you know, like a or a short on YouTube, you know, some 30-second, one-minute thing, and they're asking for all this help. And I think, oh my gosh, are you getting your therapy from a one-minute soundbite? Like, stop that. And sometimes people, you know, I, as I mentioned, I'm putting, or I don't think I mentioned it yet. Well, I'll be putting some shorter segments. Uh, well, let me mention it now. I'll be putting some shorter segments of the podcast on YouTube. 
where we sort of divide it up so that people can get little quicker hits. But even those are going to be quite a few minutes, you know, five minutes or 10 minutes, you know, they're going to be more than 30 second soundbite. It's very, please don't use things that are so short, you know, listen to the whole episode. I, you know, get in there. It, I don't know when our attention spans got so pathetically short, but it's just, it's not good for you when it comes to your mental health to think you can get a 30 second answer about something. So please, please, you know, if you're not getting professional help, at least listen to something in total, at least get the research, understand what's behind it. Uh, and so I, I, so I will say that we're starting to release these shorter segments of these episodes on YouTube. So basically we're going to take the vi this video, you know, if you're watching right now or this episode that you're listening to, and we're going to just divide it up because you know, if you've been listening, I sort of have natural places where I talk about the reasons why, and here's the signs and symptoms, and here are my tips. So they're kind of divided up. But a lot of you have asked, like, you have said to me, you know, I have a partner that will not listen to, or a mom or a friend who just won't listen um, to a whole episode. And so, uh, but they'll watch a shorter video. And so at least they're getting something and you can start to have a conversation. And again, it's something more than 30 seconds. So we are going to try this out. We're putting it out there and seeing how that all lands. Uh, if you haven't subscribed to my YouTube channel yet, please do. It helps, you know, you know how it is. It helps me get seen and heard and all the things. And we're, again, looking for world domination. We're looking for everyone in the world to have access to great information, healthy, effective tools, research-based about relationships. So, and your relationship with yourself. So please give a like too if you're if you're liking it. Um, but, you know, all all of the, just be mindful of where you get your information and how you take it in. Okay. So why are you jealous? Why? <laughs> Retroactive jealousy, as I said, is a form of jealousy. And at its base, it really has the same causes. And I did look up a lot of research that's been done for retroactive jealousy as opposed to kind of run-of-the-mill jealousy and a lot of the same root causes. Uh, there was a 2017 meta-analysis of 230 studies that identified um, root the top root causes of romantic jealousy in general. And again, which retroactive jealousy is a part of, you know, like we're talking about this stuff. And so I want to just talk about those top root causes of romantic jealousy. And one, of course, the, the top one, which is by far and away the biggest issue, is insecurity. And insecurity has nothing to do with your partner. No one can make you feel insecure. I, yeah, right now you're pissed at me. Right now you're like, F you, Abby. No, sorry. I, I'm never going to treat you like a victim. I am always going to treat you as the whole amazing person you are. And I refuse, refuse to listen to this kind of talk that my partner makes me insecure. No, they don't. You have insecurity issues. That might be why you chose this particular person, because deep down, this is all you think you deserve or something else, which is related to self-esteem, which we'll talk about next. But I don't care what your partner is doing. That With retroactive jealousy, it's really nothing that they're doing. So this is completely about your insecurity, if we're talking about retroactive jealousy, but quote unquote, regular jealousy too. That It is about you, not them. We'll, we'll get to all this in the tips, but I just want to be clear. Uh, no one makes you, you know, Eleanor Roosevelt famously said, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. 
and no one can make you feel anything without your consent. This is about you. So if you're here to listen to what your partner needs to do different, you are in the wrong place because I will never be taught, you know, I'm talking about you because I love you. You're here with me and you're who I'm going to help. Uh, the second root cause, which I already just mentioned, is low self-esteem. Of course, it's related to insecurity. And research has found that jealousy can develop when you're faced with some threat to your self-esteem. That happens quite a bit. And again, I'll link to the research. Another reason is that somewhere you feel inadequate or not worthy, again, related to low self-esteem, related to insecurity, but you feel inadequate or not worthy of a loving, stable relationship. That comes up all the time, uh, whether that's conscious or not. Another key root cause is having an insecure attachment style. I've, I've talked a lot about attachment styles before on the, on the podcast, and I will link to those episodes. I think they're real good. Lots of people really like them. Please go have a listen if you don't know what attachment styles are or which one you are. But when especially an anxious attachment style has a very hard time, is often jealous and often retroactively jealous too. And then the other thing is some sort of underlying well, no, I'll have one more after this. Another thing is an underlying mental health issue. So uh, OCD, which I just mentioned, bipolar disorder, anxiety, depression, there are a lot of underlying mental health issues you can have, which would show up as jealousy or retroactive jealousy. Um, I would say if you've had, not I would say, sorry, the research says that if you've had infidelity in previous relationships, if that's already been a, a problem, that jealousy might be a bigger issue for you. And again, that's about your previous relationships and that's about you trusting you. So even that is one more time related to you. And then, you know, another reason that I've seen, I didn't take this from the research, so I'm, I'm separating this out, but I have talked to people who feel jealous because their partner has kept, you know, letters or cards or mementos from a previous relationship and that's created a lot of, they're like, why do you have these? Unless they have this huge sentimental value, why would you have this? And again, to me, that's, unless your partner has a, a picture out on a mantle of him or her and their ex-partner in your home, that to me would be a little whatever, unless they're just really good friends now. Um, or if they, you know, go to the box with all the cards and like to read them every week. Yeah, that's something else. Um, again, not a reason for you to be jealous, maybe a reason for you to start drawing some different boundaries or wonder why you're with this person who's still hooked on someone else. Um, I've had instances where uh, a person, a client of mine was their, their partner was comparing them to their, their previous partners. Obviously that's a big issue. And again, to me, that's an issue between you and your partner. It has nothing to do with these past partners. It's about you know, how the two of you are communicating, what kind of trust and goodwill is between the two of you. That's what you want to be working on, not saying, well, stop. Yes, stop comparing me, of course, but you want to ask more questions, which I'll get into with the tips. So let's get into, we're here. Let's have a moment. Here are my top five tips for dealing with retroactive jealousy. Okay. Tip number one, it's about you, not your partner, which I've said over and over and over. Jealousy of any sort is about you, not your partner. This is about you working on you. 
that could mean counseling of some kind to work on your uh, self-esteem and your insecurity. It could be daily meditation to calm your anxiety and get in charge of your uh, negative thoughts. If you're in a relationship where your partner compares you to an ex, it's time to draw some real boundaries. Hello. And a nice time for the plug for my book. If you haven't bought my latest book, uh, Boundaries Made Easy, Your Roadmap to Connection, Joy, uh, Ease and Joy. I don't know what you're waiting for. It's going to change your life. The reviews are excellent. Go look it up. But this this is a change your life book. So hopefully you can get that. It's also on Audible. So you, if you don't have Audible, you can sign up for a free account for a month and then just cancel it after a month and you could get the audiobook. But there's many ways to do that. Anyway, but you have to draw real boundaries. And to me, but really in here, you would start by asking questions if they're doing that. How do you think it makes me feel when you compare me to your ex? Or really, more importantly, what are you trying to accomplish? Like, what's your goal when you compare me to your ex? What what are you looking for here? What let's talk about that. And and you've got to be curious. You have to come from a loving heart. This isn't about attacking them. You really want to know what is going on that they keep bringing up the sex partner. And you you'd be amazed. I've had this come up in couple sessions, and people really take a moment and they realize that that they can realize they have an aha moment. Oh, I was compared. Wow. I didn't realize I ever talked about this person so much, or I, I didn't realize I was trying to go back to this other time. And a lot of times it has nothing to do with that ex person. And uh, sometimes they're romanticizing a past relationship. It's not even real. Other times it's about a time in their life when they felt more carefree. So, you know, they're comparing, you know, you, I had this with a couple I was working with. He, she was comparing him to a relationship she had in her 20s. And now they were in their 40s. It was like our first great love. You know, they were together for a few years. But now they're in their 40s. They've got two kids, you know, jobs. It's like, of course, this feels different. You've got to be kidding me. You know, it was really her having a bit of a midlife crisis and what that meant and the work she had to do. It wasn't really about that she wanted to somehow be back with this person or that it really wasn't about anything except that. So, and I would also, I would ask you, why are you in a relationship where you don't feel like you're a number one choice? Again, once again, this is about you and doing your own work to identify why you're in this kind of relationship. And if this has happened more than once to you, you really got it. You're the common denominator here. What is it that you're feeling that you haven't you know, really worked on in yourself. I don't want to say fixed because you're not broken, but what have you not worked on? Again, we love to blame other people. We love to put it outside of ourselves. I hear people say, you know, all women are this and all men suck or whatever. And that's not true. It's just not true. I don't suck. I'm a woman. My husband, my hubby, my Gary, he doesn't suck. He's a man. Like, my son doesn't, my daughter, doesn't. you know, there's lots of good people in the world. I know because I talk to you all. A lot of good people I talk to. So this idea, you know, that when we generalize those terms, because that's what we're kind of seeing, it becomes its own problem. All right. Tip number two is introspection. This, to me, would be your top, top priority if you're experiencing jealousy or retroactive jealousy. Increasing your self-awareness, taking a step back to ask yourself where these feelings are coming from. 
what fears, inner doubts, and insecurities are under your retroactive jealousy. What's really driving this? Again, if you say it's your partner's behaviors that are driving this, go back to my first tip there, because especially with retroactive jealousy, this isn't about your partner because they're not doing anything. There's nothing actually happening in the moment that's triggering it. But again, even with quote unquote regular jealousy, you, 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 you got to take that step back and get introspective. You have to look at yourself. Really, really important. What It's always about you. At the very least, I always say the one in the most pain needs to change first. And if you're listening or watching right now, it's you. And so that means you have to change first. Yeah. It, oh, it's not fair, Abby. I didn't say it was fair. I didn't say it was right or whatever. But would you rather be correct or effective? Do you want to change your life? Do you want things to feel different for you? Do you want to stop having this kind of relationship or these kind of feelings? Then come on, get on board. I'm giving you the tools. But you can't sit there and be a victim and then say, but I want these other things. It's not going to work. So get out of fair, get out of whatever in your head and get to, I want to be effective. I don't need to be right. All right. Tip number three is avoid triggers. I am amazed at how many people are struggling with jealousy and they're just diving into their triggers all the time. And then they don't understand why they can't stop, why it's not getting better. So, so to me, social media is probably the biggest trigger for retroactive jealousy. When you're on social media, you know it, it's impossible not to compare yourself to other people. And if you're looking at their past relationships, or if you're even looking at just your partner's old photos, you know when they were younger and they were on they were on these beautiful vacations to Bali, and they were doing all yeah yeah they were 22 then yeah they they could do all that stuff you know now they're now you're 42 and that's not as as accessible. And so you don't have to be jealous of that, right? So again, because retroactive jealousy, we're talking about romance today, but it can be in a lot of different ways. So if you're just going back through your partner's old, old IG photos, you know, that can be a problem. And thinking, well, why aren't they like that now? You know, they're not so carefree. They're not so this, they're not so that. They're not spontaneous like they used to be. Yeah, I get it. I get it. We all change and grow. Uh, You know, I don't act like I did when I was nine, but everyone thinks that's a good thing. So I don't know why, how I might've acted at, at, at 19 or 29, you know, should be different than 59. Like, of course it should. All those should be different. All those decades should be different. Hopefully we're growing as people and we age and, you know, I'm, I'm more tired. I'm more tired people. I'm tired. I get tired. I don't want to do as much. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I still like me an adventure, but I am not, you know traveling all over the world as I did when I was young. Like I'm not doing those same things. I'm not flying around in my career like I did when I was in my 30s. You know, I'm not doing the same things I did then. So just again, keep it in mind. So get, you know, comparing yourself, being on on social media, looking at this, it really fuels that insecurity, which fuels your jealousy. So no more of that. Maybe it's time for a social media detox. <gasps> I hear you gasping. Abby, I I have episodes on this, how to do it, how to sort of step back. First, you know, I would say at the very least, if this is an issue for you, don't follow your partner or any of their friends or past acquaintances on social media. Just don't do it. I don't follow Gary. Well, Gary doesn't post, but we're old, you know. (laughs) I mean, just don't, 
follow them. If someone, if something bugs you, don't look, you know, so get them off your feed, you know, get them out of your, out of your visuals. You got to stay in your lane. Don't snoop, ask to see their phone or casually ask their mom about, you know, their past partner. Stay away from anything that might trigger those feelings of low self-esteem, jealousy, and insecurity. So please. Tip number four, I kind of already said, but now I'm going to make it its own tip. Don't be a victim. You know I have no room in the work you and I do together for a victim mentality. When you say things like, I just can't help it, or I just can't stop thinking about it, Abby, I want to run screaming naked in the woods. I, <laughs> I won't do that. No one wants to see that. You're, uh, you're acting like a victim. Nothing's going to change for this or any future relationship. If you tell me, I just can't help it. Yes, you can. It's not easy. It's not going to be overnight. It's actually kind of simple, but not easy, we, we say a lot. But y- you got to work on it. And the amount of times I've had, I just had, I literally just had someone DM me, was it a DM or a comment under a video? They're like, I just listened to the cognitive reframing episode. It was really good. You know, if, by the way, that's a good episode to listen to, and I'll link to it if this is all an issue. Um, when we cognitive reframe, we, we, instead of saying, you know, we say things like life is happening for me, not to me. You know, we reframe it. We, we, we have a new angle. And this person said, I tried it once and I don't feel better. <laughs> I was like, sweetie, would you go? Oh, I tried tennis. I don't play like Serena Williams. Doesn't work. I, I took a lesson and everything, but I don't play like her. What the fuck? Like, what are you talking about? You know, just the idea, again, we've gotten into a culture that is so immediate, so immediate gratification. So right now I want a 30 second tip. I want to do the tip in 30 seconds. I want to change my life. Not gonna happen. I am here to tell you, you have years of thinking this way. You have years of these thought habits. It's not going to change overnight, no matter how fabulous the tool is. So stop acting like a victim and start changing, right? Stop saying, I just can't help it. I get it. If you have an underlying mental health condition, if you're bipolar, again, if you have severe anxiety, if you have OCD, oh, it feels that, but you got to get help for it. You have to treat it every single day. You have to make that a top priority because you deserve to have an amazing life. You deserve the beautiful things out there. And there are, there's treatment, but you're going to have to stick with it. It's not going to, you know, the worse your mental health issues are, the harder this is going to be. I'm sorry. I love you. I hate saying it, but I'm not going to lie to you either. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. If you have a substance abuse problem, this is going to be harder. You know, again, whatever it is, it's going to be harder. It's going to be exacerbated, made worse by this thing. If you have medical conditions, if you're in chronic pain, this is going to be harder because it's hard to have the bandwidth and the patience to do the work. Yes. Yes. And I, and I, and I'm truly I would never wish this on you. I feel terrible. And I'm here to give, to tell you how to change it. And this is how you do it. So you're acting like a victim. If you're doing that, nothing is going to change again for this or any future relationship. I hear people say things like, oh, I'm insecure. But I, I want to remind you so like that. Being insecure, it's not a personality trait. Babies aren't born insecure. It's a habit of thought. 
And any habit can be changed with intention, with attention, right? Any habit can be changed, but if but it takes a minute to change habits. They don't change overnight. They, you don't do the tool one time and it's done. That is not how any habit changes. Habits are really instilled when they are really coded strong because your brain thinks it's a survival skill, even something like being insecure. So it's going to take a minute to shift it. Please give yourself some patience, some grace in the process. Please, I'm begging you. I love you. You you don't treat yourself very well with this stuff. I don't like it. Tip number five is to practice mindfulness. And here I am, Jewish mother bossy. Once again, I'm all Jewish mother bossy on your ass. I Oh, I'm sick of you talking about mindfulness, Abby. It's not the cure-all. Yes, it's fucking it. Yes, it is. Oh, I'm swearing, getting sassy. That's what happens sometimes. I get upset. I say with love. <laughs> you're, you're sick of me talking about mindfulness. I say with love, I don't care. If you want to stop being retroactively jealous, if you want to stop being jealous, period, you've got to get in charge of your thoughts. It's an indulgence, these jealous thoughts. It, you can't allow the indulgence of jealous, insecure thoughts to dominate your thinking. You, it's like you're eating a pint of Ben and Jerry's every night, of ice cream every night, and then wondering why you can't lose weight. Well, it's you're indulging in this thing. It, of course, that's a reason why. It's maybe not the only reason why, but it's a big reason why. Practice mindfulness. And anytime you feel yourself focusing on your partner and what they should do or what they shouldn't do, bring the attention back to yourself. If they just reassure me more, I need to hear I love you more. I need you to tell me I'm beautiful more. I need, mm-mm, nope. Those are all nice. I love all that. But that's not what's going to do it because you just need more. It's like a funnel. I want you to think of that like as a funnel and you're putting all the reassurances and the I love yous and all that in the, in the, the top of that funnel and you're just filling, filling, but there's a hole in the bottom and it's, it, you have to constantly refill the funnel. You got to take care of that. You have to dam that up. And you do that, you start that with mindfulness, with being in charge of your thoughts, with noticing when you're starting to have the crazy thoughts and bringing yourself lovingly and gently back. I have a free mindfulness starter kit on the website. It's on the shop page, but you don't have to put in a credit card or anything. It's nothing weird like that. But go get the mindfulness starter kit. Start there. Start there. It's free. It's free. What, 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 what? Let's try that. If you, by the way, ever download anything like that on my website, to be very transparent, you will be put on my weekly love letter list. I do not sell on the love letter list. It's not, you're not going to get 27 emails. All you will get is every Wednesday, the love letter comes out and it's literally a love letter. It's a letter from me to you. We love trying to help you stay inspired and motivated throughout the week with a little story, a little something to get you. I don't know, in the pointed in the right direction this week. And I think we all need that. I think we all need little reminders to keep us on track. And that's all I'm trying to do. I know it's hard sometimes these days where everyone is just, you know, it seems like everything's a scam. I, I just don't do anything sleazy. I don't know what else to say. I don't. Yes, I ask for reviews. Yes, I ask, I tell you you can buy a book, but you don't have to do a thing. <laughs> and we can be here together. You do not have to. I think you want to do a thing because again, relationships are reciprocal. And when you're just sitting there like, yeah, bring it, you know, I'm just receiving. 
I think people, I know people, they get, they start to get entitled. That's why people leave nasty messages for me sometimes. So, you know, they're listening and they're like, you talk too long. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm giving you free, free information and you're bitching about it? Like, what is going on in your life? Like, how are you not noticing that that's a big problem? That that's something like, sweetie, I love you. I, I try to send so much compassion when people do that because I think, oh my God, how much pain are they in that they're getting free research-based effective tools and they're complaining about it. Like, that's something really wrong in your life. That's something that's not going well for you and I want to help you fix it. And so lean back, get yourself a tea. Enjoy my melodic voice for a while. <laughs> Give yourself time to just listen. It's it's okay. You're I'm here for you, baby. I'm here for you. Like, let's do this thing together. And I really do want to thank everyone who's supported me by liking my videos, leaving reviews, buying my books, or buy a notebook on the website or a mug. I, you know, there's nothing I have for for sale that you can spend money on that isn't in your greatest good. So I I, I feel really good about it. Um, and it's great. And if you did buy a book, please take a moment and leave a review on Amazon again. So when I send other people, they know to do, you know, they can look at the reviews and go, oh, this is for me or it's not for me. That's also what helps. If you, you're hearing about it, you can know. <sighs> See, I get on my little soapbox there and I just start like bossing you around. I, you know, that's why I love the podcast. I get to boss people around and you really, you know, you're, you're out there. I don't know if you hate it or love it. <laughs> I know when you love it and I get so many beautiful responses. So thank you. I really do. I'm going to cry. See, here I go. Cause I'm thinking about like an email I read this morning or someone from Australia, this beautiful woman I love, like DM me on Instagram and like left me a voice message this morning. It was just so beautiful just responding to the episode and what she's getting from it. And I think, wow, there's someone in Australia whose life feels better by what I'm doing. And I, you, I don't, you know, I can get all the hate in the world and that makes it all worthwhile. So, oh, I got really misty there. Sorry. <laughs> I love you so much. Oh, uh, love you. My favorite part of my week always is when I get to record the podcast. I love spending this time with you and I'm so, I'm energized by our relationship. So, all right, have an amazing week and I'll talk to you real soon. Thank you for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with wonderful me, Dr. Abby Metcalf. And I've got two quick things to say. Just give me one more minute. First, I love spending this time with you and I work hard to make sure every single episode is going to help you move from any feelings of frustration or resentment or anxiety to that connected, hopeful, confident. That's always my goal. So if you have any ideas for a future episode or just want to say hi, let me know what the podcast is doing for you. Anything. You can email me at abby at abbymedcalf.com. How simple is that? And the second thing I want to say is if you like the podcast, you're going to go crazy, crazy for my book. My book is really good. I'm really proud of it. You can find it on Amazon or on my website under the shop section on my website at abbymetcalf.com. It's called Be Happily Married, Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing. And even if your partner will do a thing, the book will still really help you. So that's it. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you soon.